everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Trans Tuesday by My Feminine Heart. I am honored and delighted to be introducing you to one of the most classy, beautiful ladies I have ever met just from the inside out. Uh, we all know her as Linda Ann. Some special ladies know her as Linda's Ladies down in DC. She is a phenomenal member of not only this community, but I just have to say of like the human race, you are just such a good person. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, you know, share with people is for those of us who have just met you as Linda and have not been a part of your journey for, you know, years before, we see you as just, you've arrived. You seem so happy and beautifully put together. You walk into a room with so much confidence. You command a crowd um, in such a beautiful way. And for all the ladies at home who are dying to know, how do I get that kind of confidence and grace and comfort with myself and, and with everyone around me? Linda, you've, you've got to tell us the secrets of you. <laughs> and, you know, uh, we had shared before, we're both kind of linear people. So starting off, Linda, can you tell us where do you come from? Because I'm picturing penthouse in Manhattan <laughs> as like, you know, born into elegance. Um, quite the opposite. Um, I grew up in Central Virginia in a very rural part of the state. I, uh, it, the, I grew up on a dairy farm and it was in a town 75 people. Um, that's how remote it was. Um, when I went to high school, it was a 30 minute or 30 mile drive. I mean, it, it, there was nothing around except cows and corn. <laughs> so far from the New York penthouse that you described. <laughs> Um, I was the only child um, growing up, which was um, good in some ways, um, but also a little bit lonely given where I lived. Um, I uh, was always, from the minute I can remember, a female, but growing up in that environment, it was very scary for me. I didn't really know what to call what the feelings I had were. I knew given the conservative area that I grew up in, it was not something that you ask about or talked about. So I grew up with all these hidden feelings inside. Um, so that was very tough growing up. Um, went to um, high school. I was one of only, I think of my high school, only 5% went to college and of that, only half of those graduated from college. So I was kind of like the anomaly that actually went to college and graduated. Um, so I felt very fortunate in that regard. Um, looking back at college, those are the only four years that I remember that I wasn't thinking about being female, dressing as a female, or just really kind of, what is this going on inside of me? Um, after I graduated from college, that's when all the feelings just came back immediately. Um, like many people, <laughs> I guess it just never goes away. And um, I, a couple years after graduating, I got married. I think I got married for all the wrong reasons. I think it was because society expected it. Um, the marriage turned out not to be what I was looking for. It was actually turned out to be a very um, distressful marriage. 
um, that I endured for many years and tried my best to make things better, but it ultimately didn't work out that way. Um, I um, ultimately got divorced a couple years ago after I retired. So I kind of retired from my work and got divorced a month later and then pursued who I am. So the last three years of my life have been solely focused on me being me. And um, as we had mentioned before, I, I finally figured out what true happiness is, being me. And it's just, a, it's just a happiness that I never knew what it really meant before. I'll, people would always say, oh, you always had a smile on your face. You're always happy, but I wasn't. I always had this angst inside of me. I was hiding from so many people. And it was just very disturbing to me my whole life. And to have that weight lifted off my shoulders as I transitioned, it was just, it was just marvelous. So now I truly do have a permanent smile on my face all the time. <laughs> what what a story. I mean, I don't know kind of what is more shocking that you only started your process like a few years ago mm -hmm. or that you grew up in like the middle of nowhere on a dairy farm <laughs> with, like, with no one to, to talk to. Well, yeah, it was. I mean, I, I was born in 1960 and, you know, the Internet didn't exist. Um, so and it wasn't something. Well, even the library I had to drive couldn't drive, but that was 30 miles away. Um, I doubt they had any books that would have told me. We didn't even know the term transgender back then. So it wasn't until maybe I was early 50s when, you know, I had access to the internet and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the only, I'm not the only person like me. I mean, that was a big moment. But then the wait was even harder. It was like, oh my gosh, now I know who I am. I know who I want to be and, and where I want to go. But then, you know, I had a job I was worried about losing. I kept it a secret from my family. And so it was actually like it got worse the more I researched. So, um, but yeah, people who know me will say, you know, once I get my mind set on something, I go. <laughs> so literally <laughs> not a soul in the world knew about me three years ago, who I was. And I've come out to everyone. I've been presenting as a woman for the past three years. I've gone through several surgeries. I mean, I, I, I truly do get focused on my mission. <laughs> so uh, yeah, when I look, I mean, thinking about it, I look at it that it's been over 60 years, this journey, but the true physical transition has only been the past two to three years, which in a way is pretty quick. Um, but to me, it's like, oh my gosh, it took forever to get to this point. Now, I, I believe you had told me that you had had a, a pretty significant medical issue that had kind of opened oh. your eyes as to the change you needed in your life. Yes. Um, about two years before I retired, the pressure of knowing that I was transgender and not having an avenue to, to be myself um, was causing me great distress as well as a, a bad marriage that just had continued to, to deteriorate. Um, and then also thinking about retirement, that was looming. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? I mean, a lot of people go through that, but it was the marriage, the being trans, retiring, all just kind of were crushing me down. And so I, I was somewhat depressed back then and I gained 40 pounds 
I was very unhealthy. I didn't, I didn't like being me. And um, I was at my doctor one day and I'd, I've been with her for 15 years and she's wait, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, back up, back up. You said you gained 40 pounds. Was this just since you had discovered that you were trans and keeping it a secret or is this over like a, a 40 year period of time? Oh, um, the weight gain was over about a year. You gained now 40 I, pounds in a year. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't look the same as I do now. Oh my <laughs> um, gosh. That my is male dangerous. Stuff, I mean, I just no one- ballooned up and, um, I mean, people were worried about me. They could tell, you know, I was not feeling good. And, and I went to the doctor and I said, you know, things aren't feeling right. And I just kept in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm not that much overweight, you know, and, but my body was talking to me and the doctor who I'd seen for many years, she's like, your, your blood pressure is like clockwork. Your weight's like clockwork. And she said, everything's gone haywire. And she really scared me. I mean, honestly, she's like, you are going to die. And I went, not today. She goes, no, but if you keep going, you will die. She said, your, your body can't take this. And it really shook me up. And it was actually fortunate because it made me stop, reflect on what was important. And so I said, ultimately retiring in a couple of years is important. Getting out of this marriage is important and focusing on who I truly am is important. And I'm not sure if I would have gotten there just without this big kind of, you know, conk on the head by my doctor. I mean, it was, I mean, she really, I mean, she was saying, you know, you may have to go into the hospital. <laughs> um, so it was scary, but like I was mentioning earlier, I get very focused on a task and I said, okay, I have to get healthy. So over about a year and a half, I lost the 40 pounds, got very fit, very healthy, and then put in motion the retirement, the divorce, and again, focusing on, on me for the first time in my life. I mean, honestly, I know it sounds silly, but I've always been a person that focuses on others. And I'm like, well, it's time for me a little bit. I got to figure out who I am. Now you, you went through a divorce, a retirement and transition, boom, boom, boom. And just so that everybody knows, um, did your divorce have anything to do with you being trans? Oh, good question. Um, that's something that I thought about when I was in gender counseling, my counselor brought that up. Even my doctor brought that up because she's, you know, she actually said, oh my gosh, you're healthy. What's going on? (laughs) Um, my, former spouse, had no idea. It was a lot of uh, burden on me hiding that, but she never knew. She just found out about six months ago. Um, it was something in, while I was in counseling, I asked, as did my counselor said, am I leaving her because I'm trans? Like, is it the fear of her finding out? And through a lot of counseling, we, we determined it was kind of two paths I was on. It was, it was a truly bad marriage, but alongside of that was my transgender journey. So it just so happened that they culminated at the same time. But yes, throughout my 35 plus year marriage, I was scared to death. I would lose my family, you know, my, my child and my wife. I was worried about losing my job, friends, et cetera. I was, I was petrified, but um, no, that was not what caused it. Now, um, so you went to gender counseling and your wife didn't even know. No, 
I, I could hide anything. <laughs> you could so, be a good secret spy. <laughs> well, I actually, um, after that scare from the doctor, and I was mentioning how I, I said I needed to reflect on what's important in my life, you know, my health and things like that. And one of the things that came to mind as I was doing that reflection was, you know, I, and I was raised in an environment that kind of look negatively on counseling. And by the way, I'm the biggest pro counseling person on earth. So if anybody thinks they need counseling, go get it because it's good for you. But it was just the way I was raised. I was always like, no, who needs that? Well, it was such a, a life scare. I said, you know, I, I think I would like to try that. And uh, it was very helpful. I mean, it was immediately helpful. No, thank you for mentioning that. As always, we are such big proponents of having great mental health and the right counselor. Oh, absolutely. I can. Yeah, it can make a difference. Yes. So <laughs> for any you, reason, it doesn't have to be related to being trained. For any reason, if you need counseling, please go seek it out. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. But you know, this is amazing, this whirlwind. And I can see how <laughs> in any path you go down, how you can be successful with the focus and determination that you experience, because we know you as a leader in the community. Um, you know, you're a, a fabulous leader and sister in my feminine heart, but you belong to other organizations and really stood up and, and took the lead to support people through COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's um, two um, fairly large transgender groups here in the DC area. I think member-wise over a thousand, now maybe active between the two groups, probably 500, which a lot of people are shocked to hear that there are that many active transgender ladies in DC. That's just trans women. There's another group for trans men that's pretty big as well. Um, and so during COVID, um, I wanted to pay back to our community um, in, wow, it was Three, three months after I had left my wife and, and retired, I was actually presenting in public for the first time. I mean, I dressed my whole life, but I'd never been in a very public venue. And so there, this group that I, one of the organizers for, um, it, it was a, they were just so welcoming. I walked into this event with 60 other people just like me. And it was like heaven, like, oh, this is so nice. It just meant so much to me. So I always wanted to pay back to those people and to any new person who's so scared to come out in public. So that's why I wanted to be an organizer. Well, as I became the organizer, COVID hit. And I was like, oh my gosh, we can't have outdoor events anymore, indoor events. And so I said, well, gee, there's got to be something. And, you know, like everybody you got familiar with Zoom. And so I started hosting Zoom meetings um, about every three to four weeks for the entire year of 2020. And, you know, we had maybe 20, 25 participants per night. And it was just, it was all it was, is just chat. It's like we'd all get dressed up and it was just a, a way to be yourself, you know, outwardly. And, you know, we, we would talk about anything, you know, one night it was like, bring your favorite shoe and let's talk about, you know, ooh, look at this, how pretty, and, you know, and then we've, you know, we've had you, we've had uh, Lindsay Taub, we've had 
Rachel Nix, who is a makeup um, person. And we've had a lot of different people. So it was not only chat, but it was also we were bringing people to the community so that they could learn other things. Um, so it was, it was kind of fun. And I thought I maybe contributed a little bit. <laughs> That's amazing. And I still, you know, I don't think a lot of people who know you are going to believe that you only started this process three years ago yeah. <laughs> because of how happy and confident and, you know, well put together that you are. I know well, that I was not confident. <laughs> I mean, I was confident in the business world. I was confident in my, I always call it my, my role. I, I like at work. Everybody said, oh, you always wear the exact same thing. And it's always so well put together and this and that. And I look back and it was like a uniform. It's like, if I wear this, people won't see who's inside. And, and like even going to work was difficult. So, um, yeah, but I wasn't confident as my true self. That was where I was the most scared. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> I was petrified. Um, so that's why, you know, going to some of these events, seeing other people, um, you know, I will give you a huge thanks for doing what you do because seeing others, the types of speakers you bring and the things we talk about gives me confidence. Uh, I will say Lindsay Taub was huge, huge for my confidence level because I learned early on, I was at the first event, um, in uh, 2020, it was a couple months before COVID, and Lindsay was doing a presentation. I was like, wow, that lady really knows what she's talking about. And I got her business card. And I kind of tucked it away. I'm like, well, what am I going to do with this? COVID hit, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. I'm going to use 2020 to remake my wardrobe and just, what else was I going to do? <laughs> so, but she helped me and it was interesting because she helped me learn what looked good on me. Um, I learned as I went out in public, I felt more confident. And that's my, if I had one piece of advice to all the ladies out there is when you feel confident, people look at you as a woman. It's when you're nervous, you're looking down, you're kind of hiding from people. That's when you're actually being noticed. And that's a, a new person coming out to the community, that's their biggest fear is like, oh my God, they're gonna, they're not gonna think I'm a woman. It's the confidence that really, they'll just say, well, that's just another woman. And you just walk on by and, and that's all I ever wanted. And so she really gave me confidence through teaching me how to dress better. I, I, I it's funny, Lindsay and I would laugh. I think she threw away everything in my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Lindsay. She's pretty. Well, I would just like a lot of us. I would say, "Ooh, that looks pretty," and she would say, "Well, but here's why that doesn't look good on you. It might look good on her, but not you." So she really taught me a lot, which I was, I've been indebted to her forever because it gave me the confidence to get out and be me. Well, we are very indebted to Lindsay then that she gave you the confidence to be you because you being you has just been phenomenal for us and for the rest of the world. Thanks. Now, um, you mentioned first event 2020, and I know that kind of sparked some of the coming out process for you, just that time period, not first event, but like that oh. time period. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about what it was like to come out because I know that you had... Well, 
a couple moments that you weren't in control of. And I think exactly. One of the biggest fears we hear about is people being afraid of not being in control of their story. Mm -hmm. And and it is important to control the story. I I, I was coming, I, it was the second time I'd been to first event and I was coming back on the train and I was, I was feeling really so positive. I'm like, okay, things are starting to click in my life. I, I, and I made a decision coming back from that, that event that I said, oh, I want to come out. You know, I, I'm ready. I'm now mentally ready. And I got back to my apartment and I got a text from my former uh, boss who said, um, you may want to get ahead of something. There's some rumors going around at work. Now, again, I, my former colleagues, I'm still pretty close to. And so it wasn't abnormal for them to reach out to me, but I'm like, what, what's going on? Well, it was a lot of rumors. So we got together and he told me how a former uh, partner of mine had um, through a lot of devious means uh, put two and two together and, and had a pretty good hint that I was transgender. And, but instead of saying, okay, and coming to me and saying, hey, what's going on? They used it in a very childlike manner. And it was kind of like, I've got a secret. And they were spreading it to all my former work colleagues. And so that was scary because I hadn't really come out yet. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my gosh. So in a way, I always look at the positive side of everything. So looking back, it was positive because it forced me to come out. I, you know, it was no, it was not like, okay, next week or next month or oh, I'll get around to it. It was like, no, it is happening now. The problem was right about the time I had said, okay, I'm going to call this person to do this and do this. And it, that's when all the COVID lockdowns had started. So I had to do this by phone or by Zoom. And that made it even more difficult because I, it was something I had always envisioned with people that meant something to me doing it in person. So like everybody, COVID kind of changed their plans, but I, it was like, I had to make a list of everybody important to me at my former work and tell them literally like immediately because I wanted to get ahead of the story. And so the story wasn't, it was just kind of made up on, you know, just, they just didn't have all the information. So that was good because it, got it done. <laughs> so yes, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the way I wanted to do it. That's for sure. Well, and I'm, you know, these are stories that I, I like telling because, you know, we are a very positive show in a very positive space, but it's important for people to know, you know, sometimes the worst fear can happen. Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not as bad as you imagine it being. Yeah. I, I will say um, another piece of advice besides being confident in yourself um, is no matter what you think the worst thing's going to happen, it's generally not as bad as you think it's going to happen. So like many, I was like, oh my gosh, if I start coming out, I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose all my friends. Nobody would ever talk to me. I mean, I had all these horrible things. Well, in, even though it was forced upon me, the timing when I was coming out, it was about, I would say maybe 20 coworkers. I, like I said, I went down the list of people that were important to me. I, I worked with a lot of people and I said, I can't truly tell everybody, but I said, these are the people that matter. Well, of those, actually all but one, it was just, 
an outpouring of love. I mean, I was, I was just knocked over with love. And I was like, oh my gosh. And on one part of me was like, I wish I'd done this sooner. I mean, it, it, all these bad things that I thought could happen didn't. Um, I understand that doesn't happen to everybody and it hurts my heart, but I guess I just want to give everybody, just say, have a little bit of courage and people will surprise you. And there were people I was convinced would never talk to me again. And some of those are the ones who love me the most today. In fact, at lunch today, I had a friend over who was one of my coworkers. And I, I said, oh my gosh, that guy is never going to talk to me again. He's one of my biggest supporters. And he came over for lunch today. I mean, it's, it's just been so sweet. Oh, you're making me start to cry. <laughs> um, that is incredible to hear. Now, you know, you shared something else really personal. You were in a bad marriage for a mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. Your wife never knew mm -hmm. you've transitioned. How does, and, but you did say she knows now, mm -hmm. how did, how has that gone? I mean, has she just been as awful now as she was? No, before? no. Interestingly, um, we just met, um, I, I found out she has known for six months, but I actually haven't been in touch with her until the past couple of weeks. Now, how did she and find out originally? Through, through, through my son, uh, which was fine. I, I told him he, he was free to tell her whatever, you know, it's his mom. I said, you can tell her whatever you want. He just delayed telling her, but um, it was interesting. I, I met her the uh, couple of weeks ago. We had a, actually a great conversation. She was very supportive. Like I said, of all, you know, another person, I said, oh my gosh, she'll freak out. Um, she was very, very loving and supportive of me being transitioned, you know, even complimented what I was wearing. So it was good. That's so incredible. Again, the, all your fears sometimes aren't as bad as you think. And, and I've been very, I will say I've been very fortunate in my coming out because I have heard some horrible stories that, you know, it, it's sad, but, um, you know, I'm hoping if people have the courage to be who they are, they'll be much happier people. And hopefully others will see the beauty in who they are when they come out. Now, you and I had met um, pre-op. Oh, and mm -hmm. there was a time when you were caring for your father. You were living as Linda Ann full-time, but your father had a, a medical issue. Mm -hmm. Is that when he met Linda Ann? Um, I had just, the, the group of people I left to last to come out to was my family, um, because of the very conservative area I live in. I knew my, my mom had passed a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, she never got to meet Linda in, which is sad, but, um, but I came out to my dad, I finally got up the courage and it was just, oh, I was just in tears because he was so loving and it was just, oh, it was just a beautiful um, way to come out to, to someone. And it was wonderful. And then a couple, literally a couple days later, he's in the hospital getting emergency surgery for a cancer problem that was undetected. So I, I put my needs on the sideline because clearly I needed to take care of my dad, which was a, a big project um, for several months last year. He gradually got better um, and very thankfully. Um, but, you know, I just said, I, I have to put that behind me. So actually I'm in the middle of coming out to my family. I mean, my dad's known, my son's known, 
ex-wife, a couple cousins, but um, the the major group of the family is going to find out pretty soon. But well, because there's no going back. You 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 have crossed the line of no return. Oh, physically, <laughs> mentally, any way you want to look at it, I'm. I've, you know, I've had, there's no more surgeries I could have, put it that way. So there's um, no going back to the family farm and them not knowing. Yeah. So what's been difficult is out of respect for my dad, I've been, I, I would say cross-dressing as a man. Like I show up as my old self, which is getting physically harder to do. Um, and a lot of my relatives, when they see me, they're asking questions, you know, changes in my appearance. So it, it's coming to a head anyway, but whereas a year ago, I would have been petrified to tell them I'm, I'm fully at ease. I'm, I'm just so happy. I, I just want to be me. So. Oh, well, we're excited for you and good luck with all of that. I'm sure, you know, with the successes that you have had so far and your beautiful, warm spirit, uh, I don't think you're going to have any problem at all. Now, well, I, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's your turn. No, no, no. I was just going to say, all that really matters is the love my dad has for me. And when he was very supportive, that's all I need to hear. So when you have a, a good father like that, it, it makes everything just look minimal after that. Now, uh, you're in the process of coming out to the family down on the dairy farm. Yeah. And we know, we know you're focused. So it's like in linear one thing at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once, yeah. once we're through this project, these are the last of the folks. Mm -hmm. What does life look like for Linda Ann, you know, a year from now, even five, 10 years from now, what's coming down the pike? Well, I will say I'm living the way I envision I'll be in the next several years. So right now I've recently purchased an, a house I've been renovating and all the neighbors it, it's actually been very refreshing because it's one group of people all my neighbors who never knew me they never knew me as my old male self they knew me never saw me like in my apartment I lived for several years they witnessed the transition they were supported but they knew Linda was transgender where I live now I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to say I'm transgender, but to me, it's just, I'm Linda Ann. So that's all they know. If they ever ask me, I'll tell them, but not, no, what's fun is no one's ever asked me yet. <laughs> so um, I just want to live as part of the community, um, keep contributing and helping people any way I can. And so that's actually my vision. I'm, you know, I'll just be a, you know, a single old lady, you know, just doing my thing and that's actually that's my vision of being happy so just being me doing things that make me happy but I'm so close to where I my goals are once the family is behind me that's there's nothing else that I have any concerns about now we talked about uh Lindsay Tab being such mm -hmm. a big part of your transition mm -hmm. and your confidence building you know, one of the other things that you really demonstrate to this community in a beautiful way is sisterly love and what it means to have truly a best friend. Mm -hmm. Tell us oh, about yes. your best friend and how oh, best Maggie, you oh are. My gosh. Yeah, Maggie, thank you for the earrings I'm wearing tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, so Maggie and I met at that last 
first event that I was at uh, right before COVID. And we just met through, uh, literally, they were getting a bunch of ladies and they said, who wants to go to dinner? And we're like, okay. And we just kind of walked that way. And Maggie and I wound up sitting beside each other. And we learned that we were lived not too far from each other. And so we struck up a conversation and got to be friends for the, for the event. And then um, I guess over time, you know, over the next couple of months, we would converse, excuse me, with each other. And I could tell we were developing a friendship. It was hard because with COVID, it was everything was from afar. And then um, it was the summer of 2020 when I made the decision to have bottom surgery. And for those who have had it or have researched it, it is so important to have somebody with you like for a week and a half after your, your surgery. And I was, I got to thinking, I'm like, wow, who would I ask? And I was, I was kind of getting scared. I'm like, oh gosh, what do I do? And then I, so I, the way my methodical brain works, I said, well, who would I like to be with? And came up with a list of two or three people. And then I went, well, who do I trust? And, and, and the list went down real quick. And Maggie was, who do I like? And who do I trust? And it was the only person. I was like, I got to call Maggie. So it was great because she had known I was thinking about this and she wanted to help. So our true best friendship gelled, interestingly, <laughs> after my bottom surgery. We, we were in a hotel for nine days, got to know each other very well. And we just were like, as Maggie likes to say, we're two peas in a pod. We just had so much in common and it is so important. So to the don't undervalue friendships is all I can tell to anybody having that best friend who you can lean on I mean Maggie and I have cried with each other over many things and but we're always there for each other we listen and we support each other and so I've helped her during tough times she's helped me during tough times and it's I I, I don't think I could have gotten through the past couple of years without her to be honest she's very sweet to me and very important in my life I think that's incredible advice on so many levels, just from a surgical recovery level, um, mm -hmm. but from a best friendship level too. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I loved, you led our last book club discussion and mm -hmm. there was a comment about the author had written a note saying, you know, if you transition at a later age, mm -hmm. be prepared to be a widow and just yeah, live, they said, live as a mature widow. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And live their life. The, you know, they're, all alone. And you and Maggie were like, no, that's not, that's right. not the answer. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to accept that. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually um, earlier today, she and I were making vacation plans for, for um, early March. So we do a lot of things. And it's, and it's really good because, um, you know, in many ways I've had a lot of uh, outpouring of support and love from friends and, and such, but it, it, does change certain relationships. And so having that friend that truly understands you is so important and somebody that's supportive. And, and that's, that's my Maggie. <laughs> Linda, thank you so much. And for anybody, um, you know, watching and listening mm -hmm. on the date that we are airing this, 
guess what? We have a special episode coming back of these two best friends. Mm -hmm. In a couple of weeks, Linda and Maggie are going to take over Trans Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Linda, can you give us a little bit of a peek as to what they can expect for your special takeover? Yeah, we, we're still working on the refinement of it, but what we're planning to talk about is using our experiences on how to be more confident as women, how to blend in in society and, and as well as the support of each other to accomplish that. So we thought um, we, we feel we've done pretty good blending in society. So we said, well, you know, many years ago, that was like, how do we do that? So we wanted to share a little bit about that. And we'll talk a little bit about our friendship as well. I can't wait. And thank you so much for everything that you have shared. You are somebody that so many people, myself included, look up to and aspire to be. And you know, you make it sound so easy breezy. You know, I know it was not, but you know, your journey is very inspiring. And you, know, I appreciate you sharing, you know, the complexities of the road and how sometimes those bumps in the road didn't turn out to be as bad as you mm -hmm. had feared. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's a true testament to what happens and how mm -hmm. happy you can be when you put mm -hmm. your foot forward to live your best, most authentic life. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would like to offer if any of our sisters would like, you know, if anything I've said raises a question or you'd like to know more information, I'm more than happy to help. That's one thing I feel very committed to is helping others because so many people help me in my journey. So I, I always want to pay that back. So feel free to message me or, you know, you'll figure out how to find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And for anybody who's not a part of our sisterhood, join our sisterhood and then yes, you can right. have That's that access to Linda yeah. Ann. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, we hope everyone has enjoyed this interview. We love you all very much. And remember, you know, just, just like Linda Ann, you too can be living your best life and be as happy as you dream of being. Thank you, everybody. And good night. Never miss a single podcast by signing up for our newsletter at myfeminineheart.com.